This morning we're going to be looking in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The title of the message is God Rewards. In each chapter of the books of Thessalonians, Paul reminds the Thessalonians that they're waiting for their Lord Jesus Christ. I find it interesting that he's constantly just reminding them, be ready. Be ready. In days like today where we are grieving personally and corporately the loss of the separation from one of our church members, it's a good time for us to pause and look up and remember that we aren't focused on just right now. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian believers was constantly saying, Jesus is coming, be ready. In fact, we know from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 that there is a rest for those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ and a tribulation that is yet to come for those who oppose the people of God. That's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So as believers, we have great confidence in the future. 1 Thessalonians ends each chapter with the thought that Jesus is coming. After we're removed from the earth at the rapture and while the earth is going through the tribulation, two great events are going to take place. The Bema Seat of Christ and the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. This morning I want us to focus on what the Bible teaches about rewards and this judgment seat of Christ. So if you'd look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for, that, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of his spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that, while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Before we study these truths together, I want to mention one other judgment that is found in Revelation chapter 11. And I'm going to have a number of scriptures that are throughout this, the scripture today so that we see that what I'm teaching is actually in context with what God says. So 
as we go through, some of the texts I'm going to have you look up, but I've got a number of them, and I'm going to allow you. You can either follow along in your own Bible, or you can look up on the screen this morning as I read. I'm going to begin reading in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, and I want you to notice this judgment that he's talking about. And I saw a great white throne judgment, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, both great and small, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every one, every man, according to, to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. There's a time coming called the great white throne judgment. This judgment is for those who are not in the Lamb's book of life. So, obviously the question is, how do you get into the Lamb's book of life? And there we read in 1 John, and this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now this morning, we're going to study what the Bible says about rewards for Christians. But I don't want to confuse you to think about rewards for people who are not Christians. The Bible is just as clear about how God judges the unsaved as he is the saved. Now, God stands as judge, and he looks at the books. God is always just and righteous. He won't bend the law because that wouldn't be just. He is always righteous, so he won't overlook our sin. He has provided, though, a way to have your record removed. But it's not by amnesia. It's by substitution. Notice what the scriptures say. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. This is how God can forgive sins and still be righteous. This is how God can offer salvation and not violate his character. Now, as you hear the rest of what God has to say about rewards this morning, please don't confuse rewards with salvation. Salvation is by God's power, not by your works. Don't forget that important truth this morning. Now let's read some other scriptures together. In Psalm 58, 11, we read, So that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth the earth. In Psalm 62, we read, also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. In Isaiah 40, verse 10, we read, 
Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10, we read, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. We go on and we read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their um, they have their reward, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall, have, he shall reward every one, every man according to his works. In Luke 6, 35, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Ephesians 6, verse 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Colossians chapter 3, verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. In uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, there we read, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Again, chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for, him that, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then in 2 John 8, Look to yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward.
This morning, I want us to focus on the truth that God rewards. And I hope it will be an encouragement to you. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we study your word today, we're so thankful that you are trustworthy, that you don't offer things and either withdraw them, or that you don't forget that you've promised certain things, but that you offer, and your offer is genuine, and that you keep your word. Each of us has experienced authorities in our lives, whether it be parents who promised to take us someplace that they just never got around to, or maybe a friend or a teacher that promised a trip, that promised a reward and didn't fulfill it. And therefore, as we read these promises in your word, as we think about the, the fact that you reward, we often stumble and we forget. And yet the truth is, is that what we know about what's going to happen encourages us for how we live today. That we focus on the future and knowing what we know about the future drives our present. And so I pray today through the Holy Spirit that you would teach us and guide us and that your people today would be blessed. For those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that today they would remember that you're a just judge and yet that you're a loving judge and you've offered salvation to them and they can by faith through your grace become a child of God have their sins forgiven and be restored to a right relationship with you so father we're asking that today you would help me as I preach, that you would help us as we listen to the Spirit, and that our lives would be impacted by your word. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know what I found is that I have not spent enough time focusing on the rewards that God gives, and I have focused more on a word that is either uh, misunderstood in our verses which we read today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and that is, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And often that has been presented as a terror, as a fearful thing. We don't like to even think about what's yet to come because we're afraid we haven't done it right and somehow God is going to harshly judge us. But we've missed the point of what these verses say. So today as we look at these verses, I want to encourage you to focus on this last verse for just a moment. It has been building as he begins by talking about, he says, look, here's some things that we do know. We know that if this earthly body that we live in, he calls it a tabernacle, he calls it a tent, if you've ever been camping, you know what that's like. It's nothing like the home that you probably will go back to, but it is, it's enjoyable, it's fun. 
We enjoy what's there, but it's not what I would want to live in all the time. Um, a few years ago, when we were doing men's campouts all the time, I bought, if I'd had this little dome tent, and I finally bought a larger tent. And then I realized that a friend of mine had a massive tent. It had three wings on it. It was like, really, do you have a security team that runs this, or what do you do with this? The, but the tent is nothing like his palatial mansion tent was nothing like the house that he lived in. It probably really, in all reality, was not much bigger than one room in his house. And Paul says, look, we know that this physical body is not going to be what we live in forever. In fact, in verse 2, he says, in fact, we desire, he uses the word groan, we want this so badly to be in our good body, to be in our spiritual body. If maybe a good term would be we've got a physical body and we've got an eternal body. And he says, we wish we could be like that. Now, he said, now we don't ever, we don't like that transition. We don't ever want to be without a body. That's scary. What we would really like is we would like to immediately transition to where we don't ever lose this body, but we get our eternal body, which is why most people are always saying, I can't wait for the rapture, because now all of a sudden you don't have to go through that portal of death. You don't have to go through that death of this body to gain the other body. And he says, now, we wish that our mortality would be swallowed up with this eternal, this life body. And then he makes this statement. He says, now, he that wrought us for this self-same thing is God. Do you know God designed you for this perfect eternal body? And then it also says in verse 5, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. How do you know, how are you guaranteed that you're going to have this eternal body? Because you also have been given this down payment, earnest, the earnest money, the earnest Spirit, which promises you that you're going to have this body. That's the reason why we don't believe that we as Christians wait this period of time for this second blessing where we are, we then get the Holy Spirit. We believe, based on what Jesus said and what the Scripture said and what the Apostle Paul taught regularly, that when you get saved, God gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you all of the Holy Spirit because he's a person and it would be creepy not to get a whole person. You get the whole person... And he is sealed in you, and it is God's promise that he's not going to pull back from giving the whole thing that he's promised you. Verse 6 says, Therefore we are confident, knowing that while we're at home in this body, we're absent from the Lord because we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord that we may be accepted, that we may be rewarded of him, is what that means. You see, when we go to be with Jesus, we are looking forward to this time of rewarding. 
While salvation is a gift, there are rewards given for faithfulness in the Christian life. And what he's going to describe here is God has already planned to give you all these things. And there are going to be things that God intended to give us that we may not necessarily get. It's like leaving rewards on the table. They were available. Anybody could have them, but we leave them on the table. It's not this terror of what's God going to say, what's God going to do. It is, it is more like the sports award banquets where you're going, no one's going to get pummeled. Everyone, you hope everyone's going to get a reward. In fact, what you're really hoping for is that you did such a good job, you're going to be noticed, you're going to get rewarded for things that you did. So now let's look at this verse 10. And we'll just go through it little by little. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to notice the place. First, let's notice the fact that everyone will be at this judgment seat. The Bema seat is the word that's there. It was the place where judgments were made. Everyone is going to be at this judgment seat of Christ. And where is this judgment seat of Christ? Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 tells us, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Revelation chapter 4, verse 2 tells us, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on that throne. And in Revelation 19, verse 8, we read, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. These are the participants in the Bema seat. Now, who's the examiner? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, often we feel pressured in this life of what does so-and-so say? What does so-and-so say? How do they think about this? When in reality, the one we really ought to be concerned about is, what does Christ say? And you know the exciting thing is, is that he doesn't ever give rules and then switch the rules. Maybe some of you have been in situations where some, they'll tell you, you've got to do this to really please God. And then a little bit, little bit later, all of a sudden you hear, you've got to do this to please Christ. And then you've got to do this to please Christ. And you get to where you wonder, so what do I need to do? And the answer is, what does God say? Always go back to the scriptures, because whatever God said is what he's going to do, and he never changes his mind, and he doesn't ever change the rules, which makes it wonderful. It's maybe the only thing we'll ever have in our life where it's absolutely certain this is what God wants. We ought to find out what God says the rules are, because those are the ones by which you're going to be rewarded. So let's look at a few more texts together. Romans chapter 14, we read, But why dost thou judge thy brother? 
Or why dost thou set at not thy brother? Set him aside. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. You know what he's saying? He says, be generous to each other. Be kind to each other. Now, as a friend, if you know something's going to hurt that person, you would tell them, but not because you're looking down on them, because you know you're not the one who has to hold everyone responsible. God will hold them responsible. God judges his own. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. According to the grace of God, which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward." If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. What's he saying? The test that God gives is he turns the heat up of his word, and anything that doesn't match what his word says is burned up. It disappears. But anything that is genuine, isn't impacted by the fire, and God says, these are all the things that are left. In Revelation chapter 22, we read, and behold, I come quickly, the rapture, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Revelation chapter 11 and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And then in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, we read, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it is evil. So we come back to this, and he says, I want you to know I'm a good God. I remember the things you've done. I want to reward you. I've prepared the rewards for you. But we only have this short time here on earth to earn those rewards. Now, 
at this point, you're expecting me to somehow twist your arm and try to manipulate you into doing something that I want you to do. But that's not the case. What I want for you is the reward. And how do you get the reward? By just doing what he says. You see, I'm judged by the same way that you are judged. I'm judged by what God places before me, and I'm responsible to do that in the way that reflects Jesus Christ. Now, we come today, in just a little bit, we're going to be focusing on a man who's finished his race, on a man who is no longer working toward his rewards. He's waiting for the awards ceremony. He's waiting for that time, just as my parents are waiting and my grandparents are waiting, and possibly your parents or your grandparents are waiting for this big awards ceremony. It's going to take place during that time when God is dealing with the earth and we have this Bema Seat of Christ and the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. The great time that's coming is God wants to reward you. He loves you. He's a good father. In fact, he has prepared things for you that you don't even know about. And he's just saying, just be faithful. I've got lots of things for you. As a parent, there is no greater joy than to give to my kids. My least favorite thing ever was to discipline my children. Now, I did discipline my children because I loved my children, and I didn't want them to lose out on the rewards. I can remember one time when I was a junior-age camper, and I was there as a camper, and one of the counselors came up to me and he said, don't do that. He didn't explain nothing. He just said, don't do that. And I looked at him and I said, okay, how come? And he said, I don't want you to lose your reward. What I didn't know was, as a 10-year-old, I was being considered for camper of the week. And I would get a trophy. I would get a trophy. And I'm so thankful. I listened to what he said. And at the end of the week, they called my name. And I took home the hardware. All $4.99 worth of it. But you know what? It was my reward. You know, if, if a camp counselor and a camp director knows how to give good things, doesn't God know how to do that? Can I just encourage you, some of you, off time, the day seems long. Your trials are hard to bear. 
and you're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. Could I encourage you with this? Christ will soon appear, and he's going to catch his bride away. All tears forever ended in God's eternal day. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. All these trials that you're going through will seem so small when you see Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, but that is not something where you're going, oh no! It's the handing out of rewards. The only oh no will be, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have run harder. I wish I would have, I wish I would have run to the end and not gotten discouraged and quit because you notice you still get to go to the awards banquet. God doesn't cut you off. This is not of works. It's all about Christ. And he's a wonderful God. There is a time coming. Right now we have great opportunities. And then there will be a graduation. And when that takes place, I want all of us to win all of the awards. A little full disclosure here, it's a little shameful, a little embarrassing. You know, there were times when I went to sports awards banquets when I didn't want someone else to get an award because I wanted it. I know I've just totally, totally destroyed your confidence in mankind and especially in a, in a pastor, and you're thinking, you're just one selfish guy, aren't you? Well, yeah, I am. Do you know there's no competition about the rewards in heaven? You can get everything God designed for you, and I can get everything that God designed for me, and there's no competition. This isn't certificates of participation. This is you ran and God rewards. And today I just want to encourage you with this thought. God is looking at our lives and all of us as believers will be rewarded based on the things we've done. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't quit.